My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 159 of The Kate Show. And today I'm talking all about how you can blog easily in less than an hour. And I'm not actually making that up. Isn't it crazy? Blogging scares business owners, and specifically business owners in the home industry. And if I believed all the myths that surround blogging, I would be scared too. I mean, we have genuinely been fed a lot of misinformation when it comes to blogging. We've been told that it should take hours of time, and if we're not sure what to say or if we overthink everything, it might actually take that long. But there are a few ways around this. Now, you guys know at this point you can't add more hours to your day, but you can and you should deconstruct the myth that says everything related to content marketing should be so laborsome. Writing blog posts for your design, staging, organizing, or window treatment business doesn't have to become your next part-time job. Now, in today's episode, I'm sharing everything from highly relevant blog post strategies that can help impact your SEO to make your life easier, to some really good blogging best practices to help you navigate and avoid the pitfalls that a lot of people get into when they want to start blogging. Before we get into all of that, I want to give a shout out to today's review of the week, which comes from Mary of Mary Cardinal Windows and Interiors. Now, Mary sent me this amazingly sweet email, and I asked for her permission to share it. She said it was totally fine. So here is what Mary had to say. She had signed up for Socialite Vault, and she was really happy with the results she got from just her first newsletter. And here's what she said. I just sent my first newsletter today and received an inquiry for window treatments within an hour. After listening to your podcast on the subject, I now realize how important email is to keep in touch with customers. Templates for newsletters are so polished and professional looking, I could never have come up with them on my own. Now, a day later, Mary sent me another email, and here's what she said. I received two more responses, one from a former customer who has a project for me in the near future, and another who is about to become a realtor and promised to refer clients to me. Both were really impressed with the newsletter. Mary, thank you for taking time to send that email to me, or rather, those multiple emails, because I love hearing stories like this. Guys, email marketing works. These results did not come from a social media post. They came from an email newsletter. And as you'll hear me talk about in today's episode, email marketing is the end of the sales funnel, where it does just this. It converts leads into clients, or it gets in touch with past clients, or it helps drum up new referral sources. And I just want you guys to know that email marketing is something that does not change with the tide or the direction of the wind, like social media tends to. If you heard my last episode all about Pinterest, you know how I'm feeling about all things social media and Pinterest right now, but I digress. Let's hop into today's episode after a quick message from one of our amazing sponsors. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by your website. Wait, what? Is this right? Yes, your website emailed The Kate Show and did it by itself, by the way, okay? And like asked me to tell you something. Your website said it really needs a tune-up, maybe even a complete makeover. It feels bad that it can't send you more clients and it wants to make it right with you. Oh, poor website. Seriously, though, if you're ready for your website to make you look professional and attract the right clients, you need to take action. Go to katethesocialite.com to check out our beautiful website templates. They're really easy to customize, and we even tell you exactly what you should say on each page of your website so that you can start speaking directly to your ideal client while also having better SEO. 
go to katethesocialite.com to pick the website design that's right for you. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. This episode of The Kate Show is brought to you by Side Door. As an interior designer, a home stager, a window treatment professional, or a home organizer, you guys deal with products every day, many of which your existing audience would love to own. If you're dreaming of selling product through your website or through your social media platforms, but you just don't want to be bogged down by ordering and shipping and loads of inventory, you need Side Door. When Side Door entered the home industry in early 2020, they changed everything. Side Door lets you source and curate the perfect trade-only pieces for your customers' homes, and with their seamless platform, you can create product collections with ease. Curate an entire room, specialize in a certain aesthetic, or simply create a collection of, I don't know, your favorite area rugs. Whatever you know your clients love would make for a great Side Door collection. You curate the look, Side Door handles ordering and shipping, and you make money. Plus, you can sell each collection many times over, creating the perfect opportunity for recurring income. Or if you really just want to keep things simple, you can use Side Door to buy products yourself at designer pricing without needing to have an account with various vendors or meet any of their required minimums. It's about power to the designer, people. If you're ready to truly scale your home industry business, go to OnSideDoor.com and apply to join. Now, let's get to today's episode. Okay, you might be thinking, do I even need to worry about blogging for my business? I'm not clear on how it would actually impact my bottom line, if at all. My friend, if you are asking this question, I'm so glad you're listening to this episode. Blogging for your website is similar to putting fuel in your car. Blogging can help your website go further, rank higher, and bring you more clients. Websites with regularly updated blog posts get far more traffic than websites with old or sporadic or non-existent blog posts. If you're wondering whether you in particular should be blogging, here are a few reasons you might want to. Let's say you need to get more of the right client into your sales funnel, or you want to attract specific types of projects and deter the low-budget or off-brand ones, or perhaps you want to be seen as a specialist in your area of expertise and thus be able to demand higher rates accordingly. Or maybe you just want to take control of your own PR. Like you're sick of waiting for that shelter magazine to find you and you are going to make it happen. You want to get noticed by the industry and you know that the way you're currently doing things, which might just be the random social media post, isn't enough. Blogging is where it's at. Now, there are a few things you need to be aware of. A lot of people start blogging for the wrong reasons. They have the wrong intentions, the wrong goals. And they often get frustrated very quickly because they can't reach those goals. So do not blog because you want to do affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing might look like a fairly easy passive income stream, but it's not. In fact, the amount of money that you make off affiliate marketing might be enough to buy yourself a cup of coffee every quarter. Is that really what you want to sink your time and your effort into? No, not really. Also, don't blog just because everyone else is doing it because, spoiler alert, they aren't. 
there are not as many bloggers as you would think, or at least there are not as many bloggers blogging correctly. Also, don't start blogging just because you want to be famous. And I think it's funny that I should even list this. However, you would be surprised how many times I have gotten weird requests from people saying, hey, manage my marketing, write my blog posts, manage my social media, because I want to become an influencer. <laughs> there is no way anyone can make you an influencer except you. That is completely up to you. And I honestly would not recommend it as a career choice, again, given the volatility of social media these days. But just keep in mind that your intention for blogging should be something like adding to your sales funnel, growing your mailing list, increasing your SEO, because those are all practical, reachable goals. Now, like any other effective business tool, blogging has to be done consistently and appropriately. Sometimes home pros will default to blogging about their latest press feature or their experience at high point, or they'll write a post saying something like, hey everyone, this is my first blog post and I'm so excited to connect with you, stay tuned for more. And then a year will go by and they won't write anything else. Well, why is that? Why do people default to some really lazy blogging tactics or why do they give up so quickly? Well, I really believe that the main reason home pros tend to fall off the blogging bandwagon is just really a lack of understanding around the value of blogging. Now you might be thinking, oh no, Kate, I stopped blogging because I just didn't have time. But you and I both know that's not true. If you run out of time to do something and you understand that that thing is so important, you still find a way to make it happen. Whether that task is picking up your kids from school or doing the laundry. Maybe that looks like outsourcing or delegating in your business. Maybe that means saying no to something else so that you can say yes to things that will really move the needle forward in your marketing, such as, you know, blogging. But you might be wondering, um, okay, how exactly does blogging help me and my business? If you guys understood the answer to this question, and I do think that a lot of you do, by the way, I do not ever want to insinuate that you guys don't understand. If you guys really were able to invest time into looking into the results that blogging can bring. All of you would be blogging right now. All of you. Because I know a few things about the listeners of this podcast. Number one, you guys are smart. You are incredibly hardworking and you are smart. You are not scared to roll up your sleeves and dive into the dirt of your business. That does not scare you. But what does give you reason for pause is not seeing the value in something. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with looking at something and saying, I'm not going to put my time, effort, or money toward this because I don't see the value. However, blogging is one of the things that you should see value in. And I'm going to do my very best to explain why it's so valuable so that you can make the best decision for your business after you hear this episode. I never want to insinuate, by the way, guys, I, I come across so blunt sometimes in my podcast. I know I do. <laughs> I'm the same in my personal life too. Oh my goodness. But I don't ever want to insinuate that you guys just don't understand the value. I know that you will after you hear what I have to say. So here is the deal. Whether you are just getting started in business or let's say you've been in the industry for a long time, blogging is directly beneficial to your business. It can increase your search rankings. It can help you rank higher uh, on Google specifically, surpassing your competitors without having to spend money on Google ads, which, hey, if you can cut 
your ad spend fantastic. Now you need to blog about what matters to your ideal client because each time you publish a blog post, you're telling Google that you are number one in active business and then number two, you're also giving Google the natural keywords and phrases that your ideal client might type into the search bar, which means you're feeding Google the information on exactly what type of person they should send to your website. Ironically, the days of blogging to please Google are long gone. We don't have to speak Google's language as much as we once thought we did. Instead, Google and a lot of other popular search engines have learned to speak our language as human beings. That would be conversational language. If you write the same way that you talk, if you stop overthinking every sentence, you can still have really good SEO. Now, I know, I know, some of you might be saying, SEO is great, but I want actual clients. Now, this is where the rest of your sales funnel comes into play. Just like Instagram is not your one-stop shop for all things marketing, neither is blogging. Your blog helps Google know who to send to your website, but from there, your website needs to capture the contact info of those leads that are coming in and get them into your mailing list. Trying to blog without offering some sort of lead magnet, opt-in, freebie, giveaway, whatever you want to call it, it won't result in clients. If you're blogging, you have to have a lead magnet as well. It's rare that readers of your blog post will just randomly decide to contact you for a project, unless, of course, you can list that as a call to action at the end of your blog post, or more effectively, just offer them the freebie that you have because you know they can't resist it. That said, blogging isn't just great for SEO. It's also good, like I mentioned earlier, for growing your mailing list. Do you absolutely need a blog in order to get more people on your mailing list? No, you don't. I'm not going to lie to you. But blogging can definitely speed things up. And of course, at this point, some of you might be like, all right, I'm sold. I'm going to write a blog post. But here's where I need to caution you. The temptation to follow some lazy blogging habits is going to get really strong, especially on days when you have a million other things to do or you're just really drained of creativity. So here are a few blogging habits to avoid. I'm going to expand on what I talked about earlier. Number one, don't turn your latest press feature into a blog post. Press features belong on the press page of your website and that is it. Number two, don't chronicle your latest trip to High Point or the Vegas market or some other industry event unless you can spin it to somehow talk more about how you serve your ideal client than about you and what you saw. Because you have to go back to putting yourself in your ideal client's shoes. Are they actually going to find a blog post about High Point interesting? Well, maybe. It depends on how you spin it. Number three, don't upload your latest newsletter to your website and call it a blog post. Newsletters can only function as newsletters. They are not formatted properly or lengthy enough to be blog posts. If your newsletter does, in fact, function as a decent blog post, it's quite likely an ineffective newsletter. Email newsletters and blog posts are not substitutions for one another. Blog posts serve the beginning of your sales funnel, attracting the lead, and email newsletters serve the end of your sales funnel, converting the leads. This is not based on my opinion, it's just based on actual evidence. The horse and the cart are not interchangeable. Number four, and guys, I know that like 99.9% .9 of you would never do this, but I have run into this way more than I ever thought I would. Don't copy and paste other people's blog posts onto your website and do not upload screenshots of an article that you loved from El Decor 
and then just say previously published on, you know, this other website.com. Yeah, it might shock you that people do this, but I've seen it. I've seen it from some really rarely reputable people, and I've had to tell them, oh, you need to remove that immediately because that is so dangerous. Don't do it. But, you know, the temptation is there because unless you have a few key blogging strategies in place, the idea of blogging is completely overwhelming and time-consuming. I'm taking a break from this episode really quickly to chat about Side Door one more time. Why? Well, guys, I believe you shouldn't have to constantly trade hours for dollars in your business, and I bet you believe the same thing. If you are ready to take your home industry business to the next level, you need to consider signing up for Side Door. Side Door is the only platform that lets you create a custom shop of your favorite trade-only products. You make the sale, and they'll handle ordering and shipping. Or you could just use Side Door to purchase products yourself at designer pricing without any vendor accounts or minimums required. It honestly doesn't get any more brilliant than this. So many of my listeners are already using Side Door and for good reason. You can sell products on your own website and even from your own social media profiles. It's pretty much genius. If you have dreamed about having an online shop, but you just didn't want to take care of the technology or having inventory or just all the headache and stress that can come along with that, SideDoor could be a great solution for you. Sign up at OnSideDoor.com. So let's transition away from all the do's and don'ts into actually how to get it done. So how do you write a blog post quickly? If you can't recycle your press releases, your newsletters, or other people's content, how do you accomplish this? Well, that's why I'm here. Depending on your subject matter, you're going to find one of the two strategies I'm about to share with you incredibly helpful for streamlining your blogging. There's the photo strategy and the FAQ strategy or the facts strategy. So number one, the photo strategy. If you're planning to blog about one of your projects or you want to share a list of products that you love, so again, projects from your portfolio or products from your side door collection, from your actual, your own online store, whatever it is, here's where you'll want to use the photo strategy. The photo strategy simply means that you curate your images, five to 10 of them is plenty, and then write a few sentences describing each image. Once that's done, simply add an introduction paragraph explaining what people will learn from your blog post, and then add a closing paragraph that asks your reader to take the next step, whether the step is booking a discovery call with you or grabbing your lead magnet. Now, in the show notes of this episode, I do have the actual blog post outlines up so that you can just go grab them. Go to the kateshowpodcast.com episode 159 to get these. Uh, I'm just going to run through it really quickly to summarize. The blog post outline for the photo strategy is number one, the intro paragraph. What are you sharing in this post and why? Number two, an image of your work or a product that you love. Number three, a few sentences that describe this image. So what did you do in this photo if it's a photo of your work? Or if it's a product photo, what do you like about this product? How is it used? What ideas can you give your clients or potential clients on how to use it? P.S. That's super helpful if you're promoting one of your side door collections. And then just keep repeating this process for all five to ten of your images. Then add the closing paragraph. What should your reader do next? If you have a lead magnet, you can talk about it here, or you can give them a link to opt in. You can have them book a discovery call with you, 
whatever you need to do, make sure you tell them, otherwise they don't know. All right, so that's the first strategy. The second strategy is the FAQ or the facts strategy. And I love using this strategy when I am low on creativity or I'm just completely burned out mentally. It's super simple, yet it naturally results in SEO-friendly blog content. As human beings, we are wired to answer any question that is asked of us. Even if we never verbalize that answer, our brains will instantly provide a response. Often the first answer that comes to our mind is the most true and the most honest, which I've always found interesting. The FAQ blogging strategy uses that same mental pathway that your brain already knows and loves, answering questions. To use this method in a blog post, just make a list of the questions you've received from clients, like all the questions that you can possibly think of, and then sort them into various categories. So it could be questions about your fee structure, questions about your process or your packages, or even questions about your past clients. You can tell stories about your past clients. That's totally okay. If you haven't worked with clients yet, Google commonly asked questions about your industry and paste the most relevant or interesting ones into a list. Categorize them accordingly, and then answer each question in at least a few sentences. Each category of questions and answers can become its own blog post, or even multiple posts, depending on the number of questions and the length of your answers in each of those categories. For example, if you answered a dozen questions about how the design process works, or a dozen questions on how professional organizers conduct an audit of their clients' closets, you might want to break that post into two parts. Then, ta-da, you've got two blog posts. That's great. Now, generally speaking, each completed blog post should be no less than 500 words. And while 2,000-word blog posts are the stuff of SEO dreams, and I've long talked about the power of longer, meatier posts, I don't want your overwhelm to result in inaction. Aim for 500 words, which is around one full page of single-spaced text in a Google Doc, FYI. Here's what the FAQ blogging strategy looks like. Here is the actual outline, which again is in the show notes of this episode. Go to the com and then go to episode 159. Here's what the outline looks like. Number one, intro paragraph. What are you talking about in this post and why? Number two, list all your questions and answers from one category up to 500 words worth. Make your answers thorough and complete sentences. Don't try to save time by giving one-word answers or by saying, contact me to learn more. Give all the details as much as possible. Number three, add your closing paragraph. What do you want your readers to do next? If you have a lead magnet, talk about it here and give them a link to opt in. That's it. Now, while the photo strategy blog post tends to be image heavy for obvious reasons, the FAQ post doesn't need to contain more than a few images. In fact, maybe you'll have just one image at the very top and that's it. Don't let endlessly searching for the right images slow down your blogging, because I do see that happen a lot too. If people aren't overthinking what they're writing, they're overthinking the photos. Don't do it. Just go for it. In summary, just remember that blog posts can give you content to share on social media while improving and increasing your SEO, and they work in conjunction with the freebies, the branded magazines, the lead magnets to get more people in your mailing list. Like in one run-on sentence, that summarizes this entire episode. <laughs> but blogging has to be done properly to get positive results. 
So here are some blogging best practices to keep in mind. You'll need to blog at least once per month, around the same day each month. Consistency is key. Google and other search engines appreciate it. Make sure that your post title and all the headings in your post are formatted for SEO. I do recommend using the Headline Analyzer tool for that. And you can just Google that or you can find it linked in the show notes of today's episode. Also, make sure all the images used in your blog post are labeled for SEO and that they are resized so they don't slow down the loading speed of your page. Aim for about 500 words per blog post and always end your blog post with a call to action. Share each blog post more than once on every social platform that you use and that your ideal clients use. It could be Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn. I mean, those are kind of the main ones. Lastly, repurpose your blog post paragraphs as social media captions and be sure to include the same call to action in those captions. So the good thing is, while you do spend a little bit of time, hopefully less than an hour, writing a blog post, that's content that's going to continue serving you. When you first publish your post, it's not like that's the only time you get to use it. Google can continue sending people to that blog post. Google will index that blog post, make it part of its database for long-term evergreen use. And you can then use all the content that you've written on social media so that you never have to sit there and wonder, hmm, what should I say on Instagram today? Well, the good news is you've already got all this content that is on brand for you and that you know is serving your business well, driving traffic to your site, and keeping you from having to reinvent the wheel in your content marketing. If you want more advice on blogging, I have a comprehensive older episode of the Kate Show podcast that you could listen to, and I do have that linked in the show notes. So if you're interested, you should definitely check out my other episode called How to Easily Write a Blog Post. It is episode 93 of the Kate Show. Again, that's linked in the show notes. But if you're just like, you know, I get the whole concept of this. I get why it's important and I still feel like I want some help. That's totally fine. Absolutely. We are here to help you. So if you head over to socialitevault.com, we have blog post templates and we are constantly improving them, making them faster and easier to use, reflecting all the information and the strategies that I shared with you in this episode. So head over to socialitevault.com to check that out. And guys, just remember, blogging is helpful for really every business in every industry, but especially for the home industry. What you guys do is so visual and largely so high-end and custom that you need a way to take control of your PR. You have the power to take control of your SEO. You don't have to rely on paid advertising, not saying that you can't use paid advertising, but that should not be your primary source of uh, referrals. You don't have to be captive on social media to social media algorithms. The power lies in your hands, and that is so darn empowering. So if you guys got value from this episode, I would love to know about it. Please be sure to give me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if that is where you're listening to this show. But regardless, guys, I'm going to be back in your ears next Monday with all sorts of other information. And you know me, I'm going to get on my soapbox about something new. So until then, 
keep your marketing simple, keep your message clear, and I'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.